Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to 90 Day Disasters. Hi, Katie. Hello, Lisa. Oh, my gosh. Another another week away. Another week apart. I know. It's just way too much for me, honestly. I'm jonesing. I know. We need to, we need to meet up. Maybe. Oh, well, we're going to see each other so- Sunday. For, That's right. For June's birthday party. birthday party. Yes. I'm very excited. She's so excited and so confused, not understanding that it's not her actual birth date. Um, oh, that is complex. I get is, that. I'm just, we're just like going with it. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Like, to me, my mind immediately went to like, okay, well, she doesn't have much of a concept of what a weekend is. And that that's sort of the issue. Like her birthday is not falling on a day that it's convenient to have a party. So you wait to the weekend. And it reminds me when I moved for the first time when I was seven years old from one town in New Jersey to another town, I distinctly remember asking my sister, we were like unpacking at the new house. And I was like, oh my God. Do you think we still get the weekends here <laughs> in this town? Like, I was worried that I'd have to go to school on Saturday and Sunday, and I was seven. <laughs> so... Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> uh, apropos of nothing, sorry guys, verbal diarrhea continues for me. And no worries, no worries. I love it. All right, so we are on season six. I think technically episode seven. It's hard no, to it's talk. episode eight. Is it I eight? Think. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it was the one that aired on Sunday, December 2nd, 2018, and it is called Ready to Run. Which, honestly, is the first time that I feel like the title is actually apropos without just being, like, sickeningly punny. Yeah. No, that's true. Because this is, like, I I feel like all of them are in this, like, real crossroads in this episode. So it's legit. Yeah. And I'm becoming more and more irritated with certain people. I'm not just irritated. I'm like deeply saddened. <laughs> well, I'm and I'm deeply saddened and deeply angry at some people. I hear you, and we're gonna we're gonna work we're gonna, through those emotions we together. Are gonna... Just think of this as a therapy session. If you're not on a couch, go ahead and lay down on a couch. <laughs> exactly. I uh, am completely unqualified, <laughs> and I'm ready to start. I'm ready to start with Colt and Larissa in Vegas. First thing, first things first. Oh yeah. My favorite aspect of this segment is how Larissa was using. Debbie's handicap placard as a fan. <laughs> it know. was just so meta, you know. It felt yeah. like the devil, you know, like fanning himself with the I don't know something. It was one of his, his victims. I don't know. Well, I, and I'm so curious, like, what is her disability? Oh God knows. I mean, because I don't think it has seems... to be physical. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is because she seems pretty put together. I mean, she's no. Sick- you know what though? I remember somewhere else in this episode, Cole actually was in this in this session. Um, segment colt says he feels obligated to care for her because she's disabled and widowed no i know but i'm like what is her disability well that's none of our business is it i mean i mean you know i guess i'm just i'm actually just curious because she seems like she's in pretty <laughs> decent health you know well, she, we haven't really seen her walk around that much you know yeah we don't i don't know what her she could have had like, a, like she could have had like a hip replacement or something or a stroke or something that kind yeah. of like messes you up long term god knows Poor that's thing. true um so larissa is surprise surprise complaining about the heat again it is hot as hell in vegas though it's like, it I is it. but like 
we we know that's true you're and, right and i think doesn't he kind of make fun of her he's like wow and we're in a desert that's so weird I mean, on the other hand, it, being hot is like a condition that only worsens with time. You know, yeah. like you have a certain amount of patience with being physically uncomfortable. And then I think those resources are just depleted very quickly. And, you know, they're still in the hoopty with no AC. Yeah. Because so, he not wouldn't buy the, the Escalade or whatever she wants. Yeah. And it's not getting better. I mean, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Um, so they're going to go look at a one bedroom apartment and Colt. Colt justifies this by telling us that his lease is up in a few months. So it makes sense to go and look. Um, So Larissa tells us that, you know, she wants um, Colt to grow up and stop living with his mommy. You know, it's time to cut the umbilical cord. She doesn't like that Colt. I think she also really doesn't like that Colt has somebody that's always in his corner. Oh, 100%. She says that first, that the mom will always protect her son. And, you know, I don't think that's actually true, by the way. Well, see, now, this is the thing. I feel her because my mother-in-law is always going to be on my husband's side. Yeah. She thinks the sun rises and sets with him. But, and I know, think a lot of moms are like that, but I think it's an unfair generalization. I guess so. But I mean, maybe in Debbie's case, I think she's right. But I think that's more because Debbie doesn't like Larissa than because. Yeah, no, I, I actually don't agree with that. I think, I mean, I agree with what you said secondly, because I think that if Larissa was a more reasonable human being, Debbie would totally be fair to her. You know, Debbie doesn't seem to me to be just sort of like gaga over cold. I think no, that she true. desperately wants to be part of the family and that she knows she's definitely intelligent enough to know that it would certainly behoove her to get along with the daughter-in-law. And I think she would have put and actually is putting a lot of energy into that. But Larissa is like so hopeless that, you know, yeah. Debbie can't help but fall back on. I'd much rather just be home with my son and our cats. And, you know, the thing that's oh, so what, like so for my husband, he's like mom is obviously like the sun rises and sets with him um he can do no wrong like, and it's only suns by the way because your husband it is, is only and so is cold but it's so all... let's let's go ahead and compare your husband to cold chris <laughs> i hope you're not listening because that is like the meanest thing i've ever said about you <laughs> no but the the funny thing is that my parents also think the sun rises and sets with my husband like oh, if, we're, if there would ever be an argument between or a disagreement or something between me and my husband, my parents would totally take his side. They'd well, maybe be like, that's just because you're always wrong, Lisa. I know. They'd be like, what did you do? Why did you, how did you ruin this? Like, yeah, my totally parents take my, my husband's side every time too, but that's because he is always right. And I'm always wrong. Yeah. Like I am so mean and he's so nice. So they're yeah. right to put their chips in that basket. <laughs> um, okay. So they go look at the, the loft and and it's hella nice it's really nice and larissa talks about how they get no privacy which i get like i understand where larissa's coming from did you get that quote it was something like debbie is like a cat she appears out of nowhere to make your life hell (laughs) (laughs) that was genuinely hilarious that was good that was a good one um colt buy shirts that fit you i think button downs are not your thing I think he's very, very uncomfortable in his body. I, I agree with you, but I think that he should wear shirt like those golf shirts that he wears, like those polo shirts. Those are loose, even though the last one he wore really, sh- you know, sh- um, you want to say accentuated. You're right. Yeah, accentuated. I, I knew exactly where you were going. Accentuated those man boobs. But this button down, I mean, it's like a whim. It's like I don't wear button down shirts because 
they always pop open at the chest. It's, it's just, boob gap. It's boob gap. It's not a good look for me. But he's got that, like, and his belly. He should just wear a bigger button-down shirt if, you know. No. I, no. He would not. And I say this with love. He would not look good in anything because he is so uncomfortable in his own skin. I know. It but, just does not matter what but he's But the hard trust. part about this is just, like, those buttons are hanging on for dear life. Poor thing. They're, and he, they're he, ready he, to bolt. Yeah. They are ready to bolt. Speaking of ready to bolt, that poor real estate agent, these these two keep like holding people hostage, like wherever they go. First was that waitress who had the wild misfortune of wearing glasses that day. And now you've got this bitch who's standing there with her clipboard. Like, um, I definitely do not need to be part of this conversation. About yeah. And then, so the a furnished loft apartment yes. is $32.50 a month. Yeah. And a an unfurnished loft apartment is sixteen fifty a month. Which is insane. I mean, you're basically doubling the cost of the apartment just to have furniture. And it's like, I'm sorry, but like the space, et cetera, has to be worth more than whatever, you know, bulk bought stuff they've put in it. Yeah. Well, and here's where I become more team Colt is he points out that, you know, he takes care of his mom and Larissa knew this before she yeah, moved. There were here. no surprises. You're he right. didn't he yeah. didn't hide it from her. He told her this is not a surprise. Um and you know, he's like, My mom is disabled and she's the only family he has left. I exactly. mean, except for that crazy cousin and his wife. I mean, he's really just mom. So he's like he's like, Don't make me choose between my mom and you and my mom it's totally not fair and I agree with them it's not yeah and I'm guessing he doesn't think that it's particularly kind to send her off to some raisin ranch you know no and you know as mother-in-laws go Debbie is not that bad hell no she's she really cooks. not she cooks she does laundry I mean think of all the stuff she does for she drives him around look I mean look I great. I don't judge I truly do not judge Larissa for not wanting to live with Debbie I, I don't it. No, but you're right. as you pointed out, and the key fact is that she knew ahead of time. So she can't come now and say that the story has changed, which she could have said if Debbie had been like a heinous human being. But because she's not and she's as nice as could possibly be and she does all these things and she really does appear to stay out of their way. And I think that's really what Larissa is saying when she says Debbie's like a cat, like she's trying to stay you know, kind of out in the background and not right. be in their faces. So Larissa really doesn't have a leg to stand on to say like, oh, this is somehow unfair to me. You know, it's no. unfair of her to now be trying to change the situation. Now, have you noticed the eyebrows when Colt does? I actually this? did. It's so funny. Oh he was doing gosh, it. And I was I like, can't. damn you, Lisa. I know. <laughs> You've given me like yet another thing to absorb here. I'm like a sponge, you know? I know. Well, that, and I also couldn't not hear, come on, darling. Yeah, the darling stuff because he doesn't have a southern accent. So, I know. You know, you're not John you're Wayne. You're in Vegas. Chief. You're in Vegas. Come on. All right. So that's Larissa and Colty. Um, and now we go to Jay and Ashley having the most awkward morning ever. Although I really I enjoyed how basic even her Keurig machine is. She has the white <laughs> Keurig, which I don't know if this is sort of a esoteric fact, but you know who else has a white Keurig? Cameron from Real Housewives of Dallas. Oh <laughs> like my the god! Most like insanely, yeah, legally blonde style person ever is the only other person I've seen who has the white Keurig. So nice, basic bitch is right again. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Cameron. I heard Cameron. I think Ashley, and then she's got the, her little A mug. Um, 
but Sorry, I, that was, you know, that was, I didn't mean I to do that out loud. <laughs> that was supposed to be internal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was actually, they, they made up and they calmly talked about the issue, you know, and it it's kind of because I think he, he's not like an aggressive person. No, he's not. He's very mellow. And so yeah. I think it just kind of and like. And she's mellow, I think. And she's, she's not some pretty, harpy. No, she's very mellow. And so they kind of just resolve it and she's very sweet and says you know i didn't say it last night but the chicken was really good dinner because he did make her dinner and so it was really sweet of her to thank him and then you know they go back to the issue which is for her it's just a respect thing if you're going to leave the house i think there's two different things here though i do think it's a respect thing to say hey i'm leaving the house I don't think you necessarily need to know where they're going all the time. I know, but she's jealous and she's in the same breath as she's talking about the fact that he's leaving without telling her. She's saying that he messages other women. So she's clearly, I think if she knew for a fact that he was going out and doing something innocent, she wouldn't need to know what it was. But because she is very deeply in question of that. Yeah, that's she, true. you know, wants all this information, which I'm sorry, but if he was cheating on you, you really think he would tell you that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's it, he would tell you something different. Um, okay, so now, so there, that was a cute scene. They made up. Yeah, it's all good. So now we go to John, Jonathan, and Fernanda, and Fernanda tells us that she's going dress shopping, and she and Jackie are going together, and they're they have a very cute little friendship and relationship i, I like that yeah and they're waiting to see if mama cc shows up because apparently jackie told her what time to be there and even jackie is like i hope my mom shows up like that would be shitty if she doesn't and so it's the whole thing is shitty though like for for her for cc to just like let them sit there and like wonder if she's gonna show up or not yeah like, that was wrong. what a bitch move like yes just call her and say hey you know what? Thank you so much for the invite. I'm coming. I'll be there. Like, why make them, like, guess? I wonder if she's going to show up. You know, it's so stupid. Yeah, that was almost cruel. It was. But she does show up, so I give her some credit, I guess. Right. Um, I'm glad she decided to show up and act like a grown-up. I think she's also not a very touchy-feely person she doesn't I agree. seem like that kind of like overly affectionate type mom anyway yeah she's not even like that with jackie so no so i kind of give her a pass for not being like too like openly touchy or whatever i get yeah, that yeah i think the problem with the way that cc acted other than the obvious which is what you already mentioned of her not being clear about whether she was going to come which is so mean um because you know obviously fernanda can't have her mom there is that the i felt that cc was sitting there basically sniping at her the whole time like the about the dresses when she was kind of coming out and oh that's age appropriate that's not and I think that Fernanda really showed her just sort of like superhuman ability to kind of rise above it rise above it and also to bring people over to her side because she's already done this with Danny she's now done it with Jackie now here she totally melts mama cc down by just crying basically legitimately genuinely about the fact that her own mom wasn't there i mean i absolutely believed in that moment that cc literally went from team john to team fernanda yeah i agree she and when she hugged her i felt that was super genuine and she did feel bad i mean how can you not like this is a 19 year old girl in another country and she doesn't have her family with her, who she's super close to. Yeah. And she's getting married. Like, that's got to be and like. And there's all this tension with his family. Yeah. 
so she tries on the dresses. The mom, while she's trying them on, the mom is like freaking out. For fuck's sake, like get it together, lady. Um, you'd think that she was the mom of a 19 year old who was marrying a 32 year old, like confirmed bachelor, right? You know what I mean? Like she's acting like the mom of this 19 year old girl who's making the biggest mistake of her life, not the 32 year old guy who's like the adult in the situation. I agree, like, like it's so stupid, anyway. Um, I Fernanda's dress that she picks is is gorgeous. They're it's, all beautiful. They're all beautiful. It's it's definitely the the simplest and most conservative one. It's the but, Meghan Markle dress. Yeah, but it's so like just beautiful. I think she looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's it. And then we go to your the couple that you're not going to talk about. I lit. I mean, I literally, I. I was in pain watching this. I know. This was bad. I mean, the only thing I will say is, I mean, car seats come with an instruction manual. Pull it out. Like, they've got well, to show pictures or something. And it looked like the car seat was already installed. So getting the baby into the car seat is not hard. It shouldn't like, be. Like, it's obvious, you know, where the chest strap is. And it's ju- it's just not that complicated. And they had already brought the baby home from the hospital in the car seat. So. Yeah. I don't understand what the issue was there. But. Steven, this is just the beginning of him on this, like, pity party, you need to appreciate me more crusade that I have no time for. I can honestly say if I were her, I would have kicked him out. I would would just be like, I'm done with you. Go back to America. You have no legal rights to this child here. Yeah, I would be like, Like, seriously. Seriously, she's got the patience of a saint. She really does. And on no sleep and, like, terrified about the baby herself, as we all are when we're first-time parents and... Oh and I, the, I think that the the thing that struck me right off the bat in this segment was when he was like, oh, Olga, he's hungry. And it was that, like, man thing of just it being so infuriatingly easy for them to just abdicate all responsibility for the child and act as though the mom has a greater responsibility mm-hmm. for caring for the child, either because she's breastfeeding or just in general, even if she wasn't breastfeeding. I seriously mm-hmm. doubt it wouldn't be any different. And it's just such an old story, and I hate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh, my God. So crazy. Okay. So let's just move on from them because they're tough. Yes. Um, oh, and then we get to this to Leda and Eric. And this is where Leda just, I can't with her. Um, right. So Eric's already paid for the venue, so they're going to go see it. And she's still pissed about Tasha, of course, so she has to bring that up. And she tells us about her first wedding that was $300,000 at a five-star hotel with 2,000 guests. And, by the way, only lasted for two years. You know, and this begs the question, where the hell is Alessandro's dad? And why the hell does he let, did he allow, is he allowing Eric to adopt him and live in America? Who knows? I mean, I don't I, I'm I'm totally unfamiliar with that backstory. I believe that that guy has come out kind of relatively recently, maybe on Instagram or sort of on social media. I could be wrong. I could be thinking of someone else, but I thought it was her ex who has sort of become a little bit more public now. But oh, I man. still don't have any inkling of the custody situation. It's so weird. But anyway, yeah, I'm like, look, you your parents spent three hundred thousand dollars for a marriage for two years. And, well, no, but keep in mind, Lisa, that I think they would be totally willing to pay for this wedding. Well, that's the thing also. Like, 
well, there are a couple things, but the fact that, okay, great. Your first wedding cost a ton of money and you had 2000 people there, but this is both of your second marriages. So let's just go a little bit simpler this time. And so it makes sense that you would have a second wedding. That's much smaller. You know, if it was her first wedding, I could see why she would want something more extravagant, but like it is your second wedding, like back off. And they go to the venue, and it's your typical hotel ballroom. They all look pretty much the same. And of yeah, course, it's very blah. Yeah, and of course, Lena hates it. And she cl- and then she claims in like an interview to us that her family can't come because they disapprove. But I totally call bullshit. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't understand that. Yeah, I call bullshit because she's you know an idiot and. They would have come. I think she didn't want them to come. And she's glad that they're not coming because they would think that Eric has failed because the venue is so blah and bland. Yeah, I mean, is she just, like, making all of this up about her parents being so controlling? I don't know. I don't know. know. I I think the whole thing is just ridiculous. Um, Okay, so now it's Kalani and Azuelu. Right. Okay. And so Kalini is visiting and she comes to town and they decide to go dress shopping. And um, is that where we're at? Did I miss something? I wait, hold on. No, no, no. I think I got lost in my notes. No. So she comes to go dress shopping with um, Kalini and. the mom goes with them. The three of them go dress shopping. And Kalani, it's so clear to me that she doesn't want to marry this guy. And, I mean, she looks beautiful. She tries this dress on. It's gorgeous. And everything looks great. I mean, she looks fantastic. But, yeah, but she looks beautiful. You, you know, they keep talking about she's got this fear of commitment. I don't know that she has a fear of commitment. I think she just doesn't really want to marry Azuelu. I mean, she may have a fear of commitment as well, but I don't think that's what's driving this, like, I don't want to marry Azuelu thing. I think she just doesn't want to marry Azuelu. <laughs> you know, you know what I think? I, a, I agree with you. B, I think that what's happening here is that essentially, Kal- Kal- I was about to say Kalini. Kalani is an actual rational human being in the 90 day fiance situation. So she's like not the norm that we would see on this show. I think that the only reason she's even considering marrying this guy is because she happened to accidentally have a child. I agree with you a hundred percent. So, and that's legitimate. I completely understand why you would be concerned about, you know, estrangement between yourself and the father of your child, given the fact that he doesn't live in the United States. Because the other question is, would she even be considering, or maybe she'd be considering marrying him one day if he lived here. But the problem is they will physically be separated unless they are married. So it is, I totally get why they're involved in the K-1 process, but I also completely understand why she is saying, um, this is actually crazy. It's like all the other couples should know this and nothing do. But Kalani knows, like, this is fucking crazy. You don't marry someone don't that know. you have met twice on vacation, you know. But in her case, she has a very big reason. Right. There's this act- if, if Oliver was not in the picture, these guys wouldn't even been talking about it. I don't think they'd no. even be dating. Like, I think it would have been, like, yeah. a one-off that happened on vacation. Totally. Um, and I thought that uh, Kalini, Lini, her sister, had a great quote. Mm-hmm. She's like, the real test is if you can run in it. <laughs> 
I know. I just like the idea of Kalani like going shopping for a dress that's never gonna. I know, <laughs> and I she's so uncomfortable. Like you could just see she's like, yeah. I just feel like we need to go. All right, so then we go to Colty and Larissa, and I love that she like uh, somewhere on this excursion to look for an apartment. They stopped and got her a little fan for the car. It's well, all that was smart, better than using the handy <laughs> the handy placard. <laughs> I, ha- I got one of those for my son because he's like super, super obsessed with fans. So he has two. I love it. Fans. I love it. Um, okay. So they go back and they're talking to Debbie and Debbie's like, I didn't know where they went because they just kind of left together. And this think, is the saddest oh my conversation. God, space. I, I was laughing and I know I shouldn't be laughing because he's so uncomfortable. He's like on the verge of tears the whole time. And well because we didn't realize debbie says they've been living together for quote 33 years which i believe is his. no it age. is his age so, did he literally never live apart from his mom like did he not go to college i like, don't or go away to college like that is that is mm-hmm. exceptional i mean that's truly exceptional it, i always assumed that he moved back in with her at some yeah point, that he had sort of gone off in his I own feel way like... and then come back because he felt she needed to be taken i feel care like he of. always lived at home and then when the dad died, they had to, like, downsize. And so they got a, an apartment together. I mean, that's going to be a huge change for her. And she offers up right away to just move to a retirement community, which honestly, in my objective personal view, is where she should be. Because if, if Larissa is going to stay in the picture, because she's not actually going to be happy living No, there. I think it's a comfort, like, even with Colt, like, it's been a comfort thing. But, like, it would be, so- her life would be so much more fulfilling for her. She yeah she she would probably and be, like people who actually want to hang out with would her. be healthier if she lived in a community where she could you know walk around with other people and engage and just so in much games. support like on yeah. so many levels I think it's I think it would be great for her it would not a bad thing for <laughs> Colty as well. This reminds me of um, this reminds me of um, when I went first went to visit my grandma in her in, when she moved to a retirement community or retirement mm-hmm. home. And they were like giving us this tour and explaining all of like scheduling. And it turned out once I heard that they have cocktails at four, dinner at five, <laughs> and then a movie at six, and then bed. I was like, I need oh to live God. here. Like, that is my idea. As you're schedule. like saying that, I'm like, uh, I think I live in a retirement home. <laughs> I mean, I wish, and they even like down at, they had this little bar area, like this little clubhouse room and they had these really beautiful wooden lockers where you could like stash your like top shelf liquor. Cause like the bar just had like well drinks and beer and wine. But if you wanted, like they could mix up your cocktail, like with your booze. And I was like that locker to me, like I will know I've made it (laughs) in life. You know, when I have a, when I have a little locker with some like Lagavulin in it maybe like a good gin and somebody to make my cocktail at four o'clock. I mean, that to me is the golden it's years. It's totally the golden years. And the thing is like, I mean, I would love that. I would love that. I don't know what we're going to do. Like when the kids leave the house and like, we could actually go to dinner at like a decent hour because we're so, it's gonna be so to, weird. Like, sometimes we're like sitting here and it's like a Sunday and I'm thinking, let's go out to dinner. It's like four 30. And, and it's three. Oh no, are we've gone. Even, we've gone. Are, are they three, even Lisa? open? And like, so we've gone to places where we have to like wait outside because they're not open till five. <laughs> we like to go to our local Mexican place at three o'clock. Yeah, I mean, Sunday. why not, right? 
Yeah. Okay. So poor Colt though. I I wish I would have taken a screenshot because he was just like on the verge of tears this entire conversation. Well, he had a very unfortunate quote at the end, which was maybe I do need to send my mother away. Yeah, that was not exactly. What are we in great expectations? Like that's a very strange turn. Yeah. I mean, I really think it would be good for Debbie, but yeah. Anyway. Now we go to the real train wreck, Leda and Eric, and they go to the florist and the florist informs us that they have a $400 budget. And so they have just enough for centerpieces, boutonnieres, and her bouquet. And she is, Leda is pissed. She is showing pictures of her first wedding to this florist, which I'm sorry, but you're not, it's not. Just because you're getting married again is not, let's duplicate the wedding that failed the first time. It's yeah, it makes just, no it's sense. It's so dumb. Like, you're not getting the same wedding. We're not even in the same country. And and then. But, but, but you put your finger on it because it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that it's a wedding. Like, she said, quote, I do have class. I do have taste. And I think that for her, it's just about her representing herself. Right. This to is, the world and she's like i have to have everything cost a lot because i'm so deeply yeah. entitled oh for sure and she's like that he is so beneath her on so many levels and it's just opinion, odd like this is just well, getting crazier, crazier, and crazier. crazy it's like they video chatted like she couldn't see his apartment no she might and i don't think he lied to her i don't I think really, so really either don't. i think she sort of says here that she feels misled i'm like that is bullshit there is no way that that guy was like how did they they meet on vacation like i'm so they didn't oh that's right they met online but they went on vacation together so that's true and did they though i mean they must have you're right because she's yeah but like i don't remember i think they went to like mexico or something but i'm thinking well everything's cheap in mexico yeah i guess so but like wouldn't she have like guessed that like there's some different i don't know maybe it's vacation no see that's my point i think that she totally knew and she had convinced herself that she was yeah. okay with it. And then when the actual reality is in front of her, because you see it when she sees the apartment for right. the first time, it's like every time, and we keep watching this on the outside being like, what are you even thinking? Because every time she finds something out, every time she's faced with reality, I should say, like real face to face in the moment, she like yeah. loses it because she knows she can't, she can't put up with that. And the thing that really shocks me is that she's not essentially forcing him to take money from her parents. Because well, it's such an easy thing. solution. She's like, oh, my family has so much money. We're so respected. Then, I think they are. I think they're very wealthy and he's refusing to well, take money. Well, he's an idiot. Them. Because if he's like, if he genuinely wants to make her happy, she... He needs to check his pride yeah, at the door. Yeah, she clearly is not going to be happy being married to Eric no. as is. She needs no, Eric with a boost of, like, cash. And so what she should do is if her family has so much money, why doesn't she call her dad and say, hey, I need to plan this wedding. It's a shit show. Can you just wire me 10, 10 grand? Or she doesn't have a credit card. Like she doesn't have. Yeah, any, it's like, like if you're that she has if access your family to is so wealthy, then get them to give you it's money. Weird. And then you can. Yeah, you it's can say, Hey, look, we'll both, you know, do this wedding. And if Eric still stands on his like. No, I am paying for this. Well, then he's just an idiot because he's he's. It makes never it even odder that. Well, and it makes it even stranger that she's so intent on blaming the child. Oh my god! For all of these Stop budgetary issues, about and it's the like child support. It's like a that's got to be like the least yeah. of it as far as the budgetary limitations go, and b 
if you have all this money on your side, like, why are you trying to take food out of his daughter's and mouth? He has no choice. Like, even and of if course, he has did, no even choice. if, yeah. you know, whatever, I'm sure he would pay anyway. But, like, the reality of the situation is it's a child support order for a reason. Like, he can't just decide, I'm not going to pay for it because this, this woman and her it's compulsory. son, who her son's father is not taking care of him. So I'm going to take care of him. Like, no, they don't care. Like, Ugh, it's so mm-hmm. annoying. Her level of entitlement and selfishness is so fucking annoying. I just and then he ends up he ends up actually folding and like throwing some more money at her, you know, for the flowers, which isn't a huge expenditure, but um, it's the exact wrong strategy because she's insatiable. Right. So he doubles it to eight hundred, which, quite frankly, is not going to make much of a dent. To be honest with you, it's not. It's certainly not going to give her the wedding she's been she had before. Hell so. no. But it, whatever, yeah. it calms her for the moment. Um, and then we go to, again, Olga and Steven. Um, and he goes to the pharmacy to pick up some stuff for Olga and the baby. And Steven apparently can't count um, or do math. Well, he also says he's picking it up for Olga but he's picking it up for the I baby. know. It's like, that's how deeply ingrained the thing is that I mentioned earlier about him is, and it's such a common thing with men, that they genuinely believe that the baby is essentially the woman's right. problem. So there's no separate, it's almost like there's no independent connection or sense of obligation or ownership on the part of the man in no, relation to the baby. No, he's such a fucking martyr. I can't. He's jealous of the fucking baby. That's the bottom. Yeah, he's, he's completely jealous. jealous he's of so baby, fucking yeah. selfish. I mean, please, somebody save Olga and save Richie. Um, I just can't. He's blaming and her for not being happy. Well, because she knows oh, she has to appease him. Why? She knows how unstable this situation yeah, why? is. Why? Just kick him out. I know. And that's why I said that earlier. Like, that is honestly what I would do if I were her. Yeah, I believe. believe Because he's not worth the trouble. Look, we need some time apart. You need to go stay in a hotel for a little while. I mean, I just want to shake her and be like, do not come to America. Stay in Russia. Save yourself. He's mad. He's mad. She's not saying thank you. It's like, is he saying thank you to her for like, no, because he's doing everything, Katie. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. That's that's yeah. I just can't. Yeah. Like it is so uh it's so fucking ridiculous. And then when he walked out on her, my first thought was like, what a fucking luxury. Yeah. Like, how nice would it be if I was really pissed off at my husband to be able to just walk out of the house and go to a bar, you know, and like calm down or whatever. But I have a baby that I am also nursing around right. the clock. So I don't have the luxury of just walking out no. of the house. And being mad and, you know, because she has to put the baby first. And I think that's why she's appeasing him because it's such a volatile situation in this stupid little apartment. And, you know, and, and, I, and I question whether she actually feels confident that she could legitimately kick him out if she wanted yeah. to. I don't know if she thinks she can do that. So then we move to Jay and Ashley. And this is where, this is where I really hate parts of America. Yeah, this is insane. I don't know who even has the time to be trolling someone no. like this, much less with the actual stuff. So that first saying. they go to the venue, and it's a rustic barn because um, she's yeah, basic. And Ashley's planned everything already. They're gonna have it's a basic, it's a basic barn, barn <laughs> for her basic bitch wedding. Um, so she's gonna have about a hundred people, and 
you know, Jay tells us that in Jamaica, you know, wedding is just a bunch of people get together and have a good time. So basically, Jamaica is the opposite of Jakarta. Exactly. <laughs> so go. they start, she start, her phone starts blowing up and she discovers that people are making comments on their wedding website. Her friend texts her and tells her that she needs to go home and look at the wedding website. And what the fuck is wrong with people? It's disgusting. Like, I'm ashamed to be an American when I hear about this shit happening. Like, it is yeah, I mean, gross. They, they, go, they go hard. They, like, they I can compare them to a monkey. They make slavery it's comments. They threaten to shoot them at the wedding. It's 2018, and we're still fucking worried about interracial couples. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know that I know any non-interracial couples. I'm a, I don't think I'm an interracial oh, couple, yeah, but maybe. Cool. I'm an... I don't know if Middle Easterner counts. I'm interracial. <laughs> I mean, I'm Mexican, married to a yeah, white guy. Yeah, you're, yeah. Um, married to a white guy. No, you are, My parents sure. are. But, like, I feel like I'm surrounded by interracial people. And I just feel like it's so disgusting and disturbing that this is still a thing here. And it's this is what happens when there's an idiot president. Yeah, oh, I have to say, so I, I thought of that, too. Goddamn I was like, ignorant. You know, people are ignorant. We have... We, well, and it's it's such a it's become such a fever pitch of that, and I have to ask myself whether they would have gotten these kinds of comments before this presidency. Yeah, um, I, you know, they probably would though. I, were, I mean, I just have like so little. I have so, I, I've be, in the last like even before this disgusting president took over, um, I have just so little faith in American people. Like, I just feel like I live in a bubble. I know I live in a bubble. And I just feel like there's so many people out there that I, I, they probably would be getting comments. Maybe not as harsh and not the threats. But, like, I, I think that racism has always been there. And there's always going to be, like, ignorant idiots out there. Well, that raises a point that I actually thought was very actually interesting about this in a non, like, lurid, horrific sort of way. Which is that Ashley is experiencing racism here for the first time mm-hmm. in her life because she is a white woman. You know, she's probably experienced sexism, but she hasn't experienced racism, I think it's fair to say. And now she, I think I consider this essentially for, a, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if this is politically correct, but it seems to me like she's experiencing the closest a white person can get to firsthand right. racism. You know, because she is the one who is marrying this person. She is also, I think, being threatened physically for marrying him, um, et cetera. And I think it's it must be such a life-changing thing for her yeah. to really experience something that white people don't generally And I'm experience. so sad for him. Like, here he comes to this country. He blames himself. Well, he comes to this country, and it's just like a fucking shit show. And it's not for yeah. anything that he's done. Or anything, you know what I mean? It's just because people are just assholes. And he's from a predominantly black nation. Right. He's too. not so used he's like to it. doubly he's just like, confused. what the hell is yeah. wrong with you guys? Like it's so crazy. I just think it's it's disgusting. It's devastating. Okay. So now we go to Kalani and Azuelu, and the three of them, Lini, Lonnie, and Azuelu, go to lunch with Oliver. And 
Kalini is just like on interrogation mode. And this is where, you know, I feel like Azuela really loses some ground (laughs) because she's like, did you like that she was American? And he's like, yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. He says he always wanted to leave Samoa for a better life. And that that's why he's with Kalani. I mean, he literally says that verbatim is my, is my recollection. He does. And he, you know, later is like, well, I mean, I like her personality and she her love and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the, the bottom line is it's that whole thing. Like if, if she didn't have his child, would he be here? You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I think his whole purpose was, I hit the jackpot. She had my baby and now I can move to America. This is what I've always wanted since I was a kid, you know? And it may be that he doesn't in his mind separate that kind of rational thinking from what Americans consider to be romantic. Right. You know what I mean? It could be a genuine cultural difference where, you know, it used to be obviously back in the day marriage was more transactional and it could be and I don't know but it could be that it's still that way yeah. in Samoa that you're trying to marry up and that everybody is and that it's accepted again I right. don't know but it's it would at least explain yeah. it you know that he thinks it's completely legitimate to say and acceptable to say yeah I married her to improve my station in life whereas we in America don't think that that's a legitimate reason to marry right for the Even most though part people do culturally. it all the time but yeah but yeah so I and then um he goes on this like kind of weird tangent thing where he's talking about how in Samoa, everybody, when you marry a Samoan person, you know, everybody's embraced. The families like each other. The couple loves each other's family and embraces them. And so they're like, well, what do you, how is it with Kalani? How's that different? And, you know, he says that she doesn't like his family rather than going for the obvious that her family doesn't like him. Right. (laughs) She, he decides to say that Kalani doesn't like his family. And so she kind of takes offense to that because she's done a lot to help his family. And he, he decides to mention a video chat that they had with his brother and Kalani is like, yeah, no shit. I don't like him. He said to you that when you're done with me, he wants to have a go at me. Yeah, like that that's extreme. disgusting. That was, that was very How crude. Think that she'd yeah. be like, I love you. You're great. Like, that's totally legit. So she and she's like, you know, in her own defense is like, yeah, I thought that was shitty. I don't like him. But like you're the rest of your family. I mean, I took my baby when he was little to go meet your parents like this is a perennial issue i mean this is just like the in-law issue of like each person in the couple feeling like they're doing more than the other person to like integrate into each other's families and you know every i I would venture to say almost everybody right and then they he but he gets all huffy and he just leaves and so leany's like oh my god does that happen a lot where he just like leaves and kalani's like yeah he just kind of shuts down and it makes you wonder if it's not a coincidence that Kalani, you know, even as a Mormon woman, hasn't hadn't gotten married yet. I mean, she's old enough that, you know, for a for a religion that requires you to be married to have sex, you know, for her to have gone this long without getting married. You know, her mom tried to suggest that it was some kind of issue with uh-uh. commitment on her end. And to me, it seems like her family is essentially standing in the way of her having a partnership because this, and this goes back to my point about in-laws. It is true to me. Like my opinion is that when you get married, you have a new nuclear Mm -hmm. family. 
first just with your spouse and then if you're if you end up having kids then with your children and and those priorities shift and the priority becomes the new nuclear family and that that can be very very hard for the family of origin and that's the that is the crux i think the 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 kernel that's you know creates all the issues between daughters and mothers right well because as you're creating your new nuclear family you're breaking the old nuclear family yes you know because your parents have their own their nuclear family is with you and when you're branching off and you're just kind of like moving moving on and creating your own even though that's what they did um yeah, it's my dad hard. always said that he thought good parenting is a process of strategic retreat. Yeah. That you have to, you have to make it your goal, not just like some unpleasant after effect, but like your actual goal as a parent, he thinks, is to allow and help your children to become independent mm-hmm. of you. And I think that a lot of families, and I, I, I venture to say Kalani's family is one of those families, that's not the case, that their family culture rests on the idea that they need to stay together as a new yeah. family which i think is it totally is i mean for future I don't know generations the is in this trees i think it's is kalani. It kalani or it's either kalani or nick I, it's either kalani or the brother but yeah, nobody's I don't know. married i mean and nobody exactly like you think that yeah, nobody looks like they're mm. significantly dating anyone no i think the family and the dad is just like taken over and he's sort of got this like iron mm-hmm. grip you know, because it was interesting that that was really what Kalani was saying was the sacrifice that she made to go to visit his family, Asuelo's family with Oliver, was that her dad had said no and that she'd had to go mm-hmm. against him and that that was the thing that was actually hard mm-hmm. for her. And it was a, a showing of her commitment to Asuelo's family and the importance of his family mm-hmm. to her that she felt she had to go against her father. But really, ideally, you wouldn't have to go against your nuclear family to begin the integration process with your in-laws. Yeah. There should be a, you know, happy medium. And with the understanding on both sides that actually the new nuclear family is the couple and that their number one priority is their new Yeah, family. and I, I, it's so interesting to see how many of these couples have issues with their parents in some way or another. Exactly. Like Colt has this like yes. creepy you know relationship with his mom and you've got Jonathan and his mom and Kalani and her dad and it's just interesting how these are the people that end up on the show Um, okay so now we go back to Eric and Leda and they're still in the twin bed (laughs) yeah and then but not no no no, they're not just on a bed Alessandro is on their mattress and they are on a mattress pad that is laid directly on top of the box spray oh good lord so they're like literally sharing yeah. a twin bed for it's all so bad. I mean, all it's, three of them. It's, it's crazy. insane. And so Eric tells us that, you know, he's simple. I choose to be frugal. I choose to be Spartan. Yeah, they're polar but, opposites. But is he choosing it or is this just what he can do? Who knows? I mean, you know, maybe he has chosen not to go further in his career because he's happy with what he has. Yeah, and then, and she loves luxury. They knew this about each other before she came. Like, why? And this is the opposites attract thing where, like, this happens all the time. And then ultimately the relationship doesn't work because you're too different. They just, they want different things. And so. Yeah, she wants a $25,000 Well, But the thing is this. So then he goes furniture shopping with her. And before he goes furniture shopping, he does absolutely no research whatsoever. And yeah. they end up at like a Hellenized store that I would never step foot in because I would know Why? I couldn't afford Do they not have 
Ikea anywhere in Wisconsin near Baraboo? They probably I do. Mean, well, I don't know about Baraboo, know, yeah. You couldn't find something that's a little bit more, like, has clearance signs on it or something? No, they go to this... Or, or, or the store that uh, Larissa went to where it said something like, no credit yeah. needed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they need come that on. <laughs> so... They go in and she wants, she for sure absolutely wants a new bed and a new couch, which in her defense, I 100% get where she's coming from. You, Yeah, because the couch is yes, blow up. Yes, and think. they need a new bed. Absolutely, 100%. Agree with her. But of course, Agreed. she wants the fourth. First, they sit in a $4,000 couch and then she sees the $7,000 bed set. And Eric did. Oh, I thought it was a $25,000. Maybe that was the second one. I know the first one they sat in, he's like, that's four grand. And he's he's like, we're talking about about thousands of dollars here. I didn't realize furniture was so expensive. Well, do your research, dude. Like, seriously. Yeah, and of course, now, Lita's like, pissed. She could not be more livid. She is angry. She she wants a bed right now, and you know that's not unreasonable. But she's not accepting. Like I mean, they're they're gonna have to get like at least a full size bed. And I get it; those things aren't like super cheap, and you can't really resell mattresses. So it's not like they can go on Craigslist and get a mattress. Um, but what the thing is that like where she goes when she's pissed is to the child support. Like she sees right. that it's yeah, so she's like a broken unnecessary. record. It doesn't matter if it's unnecessary. It is an order. <laughs> well, and the real problem, of course, is that he simply isn't wealthy He's enough. He's not for equipped. Her. And so she she's choosing this like she it's it's like there's a good analogy here that I'm trying to put my finger on. Um, but it's like she's looking at this tiny part of the sum, mm-hmm. right? That that if you took it away, you'd still have this yeah, huge problem. Yeah, it's not going you know to solve I mean? the problem. If, you it doesn't know. solve the problem. She focuses on it because she doesn't want to acknowledge that ultimately it's not going to work because he doesn't have enough yeah. money. She's a he will never have enough friend. money. She says, you know, if Alessandro's not going to have a better life here, then it's not worth it. I agree with you. Of course Lena, he's not going to have a better life Go there. home. Yeah, go she home. should go home. I don't know what she's thinking. Now, you ask, you know, I ask questions about things like career and, you know, she seems to think that even though she went to med school over there that she can't be a doctor, you know. So I guess I I ask myself those questions like what what are the sort of future prospects for them in Jakarta, but if her parents are as wealthy at least by Indonesian standards as she mm-hmm. says they are, then why can't they just live a life of independent wealth with her parents forever? You know, like who cares? It doesn't sound like they even need to I work. just don't understand. Like, just go home. What? I think she's going to. I mean, she says, and I quote, I'm never going to be happy. What is, like, ding, yeah. ding, ding. What did she win, and Alex? She, and, <laughs> and then she harps on this child support thing. He's like, look, let it go. And she's like, but they're burdening you. He's like, my kids are not a fucking burden. And he calls herself, right. rightly so, because she is. And he's like, so you don't want to get married just because of the child support? She's like, yeah. Great, perfect. Bye, Felicia. Like, just yeah, he should let, let her, her go. go. What is it about he's not him that is keeping her there? I can't, I can't find. I, I genuinely anything don't about know. him that she finds remotely appealing. So I don't, I don't know why she's I, there. I, so I think that the reason she's there is because she, like many people on this show, the foreigners, have this 
belief, you know, based not on wildly unreasonable things. Like it's the things they see in the movies. It's the things they see in the media. You know, the fact is this is a country of great, great, great wealth and um, where there's a lot less social stratification. So even people who don't have wealth can later have wealth, you know, not, not all people, but some people, you know, there's the idea of the American dream. So it's not like totally baseless, but of course it's wild, unrealistic you're automatically entitled to a better life than you had elsewhere, even if you were very wealthy there. Yeah, I guess so. I just feel like it would be the best decision they both could make for her to go back to Jakarta. I like, agree. Just leave. It would make, it would resolve any issues that have been created between Eric and his children. It would resolve any issues that may have been created between Leda and her family. Mm-hmm. Um, he could go on living his bachelor lifestyle with Tasha in their gross apartment. She can go back to living in a palace and having full-time care for herself and her child. Um, you know, I, I don't understand what the appeal is for her to be here. I think she should just go home. Of any of them, I, I agree. 100% go home. I agree. And I think she will. Like, this one is just so ridiculous. And the thing is... I think that they are actually both relatively aware or they're becoming more and more aware that it's ridiculous. Whereas with the other couples, either one or both parties is just sort of blithely unaware. Like, like look at Kalani and Asuelu. Asuelu, I think, genuinely doesn't understand why his marriage to Kalani shouldn't work out. Kalani is yeah, looking at it, you know, and saying, okay, this is crazy. All we have in common is a child, which is something, but it's not enough to make us happy together forever. Right. And she's got the upper hand, right? Because if things oh, don't work time. out, she still gets Oliver and she's mm-hmm. still, it's my baby, my right. baby, my baby. So, I mean, it, it would be, it's an uphill battle for us. So he's got to, he should be, and I don't know that he's just, he just might not be aware enough to understand the power that she has, if she decides we're not going to go forward with this marriage, he's fucked. I mean, not only he doesn't get to fulfill his childhood dream of living in America and he also loses his kid. I I do believe that Kalani would be, um, I, I, she seems like a reasonable person by all. Yeah. I I agree. She's, she can do some crazy shit and she's a little codependent, but like, overall she's a pretty reasonable and compassionate person even if they didn't get married i still think she would take oliver to samoa to see him to see Aswelu and to see his family i agree completely. like i don't think she's going to be one of those parents who's like oh well you go back to samoa i'll never see you again and and part of it probably is because she is samoan you know and so for her it's like you know it's their culture too so i i feel like she would still have him be a part of the life their child's life but she's certainly not gonna i i don't know i hope she doesn't marry him just to keep him here i that would be unfortunate too i i don't think kalani and asuela were gonna get married oh god i don't know and then i you know it's just it's yeah i don't know I I always think that they're not going to get married and then all of them end up getting married. Like Colt and Larissa. That's true. So an article just came out today that Colt and Larissa have been, got married. Really? Yeah. They got married before the domestic altercation thingy. Oh, I got to get that up on our or Facebook page. Or she got arrested. Yeah. Let me see if I can find the link and I'll send yeah, it to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
It's insane. So, yeah, so they got married. Um, I don't know if they were living apart when they got or living with Debbie. I don't know how that ended up. That's a good uh, question. I think we'll have the answer to that question on the show, like before the end of the season, I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. So it's a watch and wait situation. Yeah. And then and I and then I also heard and I think I read this on that new Facebook group that we're a part of um, that. Uh, what's her name? Um, that Olga has been sticking up for um, Steven, Steven really? and telling people like back off. Oh wow! That's like I know you're worried about me, but just back off. And I'm like, what? Come on, guys! Yeah. And it, it showed them together. So I don't know if they're married and together here. Wow. Or he seemed to think this episode, at least, that he. He seemed to have some level of confidence that they were actually going to get the visa approved before he needed to come home, which is interesting. I wonder if someone is telling him that at the embassy or if he just totally has his head up his ass. I mean, it could be either one, really. Yeah, it could be either. I mean, maybe there's a better timeline and they're more like upfront about or there aren't as many people waiting for visas or something. I mean, maybe he has an actual reason to believe that it'll happen timely, but I don't I mean, I don't know. Mm hmm. So we'll have so we'll have to wait and see about that too. Yeah. All right. Oh my gosh. Well, that is another episode of 90 Day Disasters. And we will see you again next week for right. another episode. And Lisa, we have to get together. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we will. If not, if not, if not before Sunday. Yeah. All right. Well, happy birthday to june and i will see you soon and all of you guys i hope you're having good holiday season and hope to talk to you again next week yep bye bye legal disclaimer this is a personal podcast just for fun solely meant for entertainment purposes we are lawyers but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast we're not creating any kind of attorney client relationship in the podcast And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you. <laughs>